just want to be happy. So this story about the EMS union is, um, I will start off by saying, I don't really know what to say about it. I'll just, I'll just be honest. I, EMS has been a, um, a problem for Escambia County for as long as I have been here, 10 years. And the shape of the problem changes over time. You know, there was a time where you could definitely say the leadership was the problem. Um, then it's, you know, people making choices that, you know, wind up in other people getting bad treatment. And in some cases, people dying. You know, that was a problem. Uh, not widespread, but that was definitely a problem. And the county taking very weird choices to follow up on that. Uh, you've long had the challenge of a shortage of manpower, although West Moreno tells us that that's not the case anymore. Uh, you've had a shortage of vehicles, although they've got a bunch on order and they're trying to remedy that problem. You've had a, you know, wait times have been a problem. A problem that, you know, since COVID, I mean, it was before COVID, but especially during COVID, it was exacerbated because people were calling for, you know, I think I might have COVID, take me to the hospital. And yet when we're past COVID, the problem persists. You know, is it because of opioid use? Is it because the hospitals are, you know, understaffed and therefore can't take in new patients and therefore the EMS folks have to go hold the wall is what they call it, where they have to, because by law, they have to stay with the patient until they can offload them to another medical professional. You know, all, all of this stuff. Well, now you've got the uh, EMS union puts out this letter, which I'm just going to read to you the letter. Okay. Ta- you know, tomorrow we'll talk with Wes Miranda. He's a county administrator and uh, we'll get his take on this. I'll read to you the letter. Um, this letter is to serve as notice to the bargaining members of IEP. Uh, that's the International Association of EMTs and Paramedics. Local 325 Escambia County EMS have executed a vote of no confidence in EMS Chief David Torcell and Deputy Chief Chris Stevens. This vote was made with 99% approval and came after years of unsuccessful attempts to resolve the culture of harassment, tyranny, and lack of health and safety for both the Escambia County community and its EMS providers. If we continue to work under this administration without the necessary changes being made, us members, that's how they wrote it. That's it should be we members, but okay. Us members will face retaliation for doing what we know to be both right and in the best interest of Escambia County citizens and employees. The primary function of the EMS department is to provide emergency medical care. Chief Torcell and Deputy Chief Stevens have made this task nearly impossible as leaders. They have implemented practices that have reduced the number of ambulances available to answer emergency calls, stretched the already thin EMS resources further in pursuit of monetary gain. That's a weird one because I don't know how they would benefit financially from this, but okay. Forced employees to work unsafe and unreasonable hours, refused to hold other leaders in the agency accountable for ineffective and unacceptable actions, and fostered a culture of retaliation and bullying within the department. We've heard that before, too, by the way. You know, that's all the deal with Ramey Edler. You know, she was retaliating when I thought she was in the right and the county commissioners were in the wrong, and the employees who complained about her alleged that she was retaliating were, in fact, retaliating against her trying to bring in reforms. So... We've had these kind of allegations before, so I'm very kind of skeptical about them. They could be true. They could not be true. That's why I say I'm not sure, okay? Um, In short, Chief Torcell's decisions while in office have created a crisis in which the community is suffering, and us first responders are exhausted. His actions are contrary to the very basis of EMS. Um, It's a long letter, but it is worth reading. As a result of these actions, uh, EMS providers have experienced an extreme blow to both their mental and physical well-being as well as the overall morale for their department. The combination of these factors has led to ongoing staffing issues. While EMS turnover is high throughout the nation, an unprecedented number of employees have left this agency under his reign. Many tenured employees have forsaken their careers and pensions, even taking a pay cut just to escape the hostile work environment that Chief Torcell and Deputy Chief Stevens have created. 
This creates a revolving door of new hires, costing the county thousands of dollars a year to recruit, train, and outfit these new employees, in addition to the loss of priceless knowledge and experience. Employees who do stay live in constant fear of targeting and retribution. Discipline exacted on employees is heavy-handed, while supervisors go unpunished for the same infractions. A lack of integrity has led to the promotion and retention of supervisors who no longer stand up for what is right. There have been numerous complaints filed against the administration, ranging from racial and gender discrimination to targeting in a hostile work environment, as well as two lawsuits currently in federal court. It is disheartening that the department has fallen under the command of a man who never wanted to be EMS chief in the first place. Chief Torcell was actively seeking the vacant Scammy County Fire Rescue Chief position at the time of his hire. His disappointment in being saddled with the EMS shows in his every decision and interaction. Under his leadership, the department has strayed from its mission, values, and, and vision. Simply put, he lacks the moral and ethical character to lead the department. Chief Torcell's profit over patient mentality is nothing short of a willful and wanton disregard for the lives of the citizens of the county. This behavior simply cannot be allowed to continue. The employees and citizens of Escambia County deserve better. Please see the next page for our full list of issues. We, the EMTs and paramedics of Escambia County, demand that Chief Torcell and Deputy Chief Stevens resign or be removed from their positions effective immediately. Respectfully submitted by Chad Stimwell, IEP Local 325 President, Diamond Melvin, the Secretary, Emily Stevens, the Treasurer, and Amy Hurd, the uh, Shop Steward. And then it goes on to the specific details, you know, like the backdrop, okay, uh, or the particulars. I'll get to that in just a second. But again, I don't know who's got the right of this. I know there have been problems in EMS for a long time. But the fact of problems doesn't prove which side is causing them or perpetuating them. I do know that if you come in as a reformer to a really diseased culture, the culture is going to hate you. And I know that if you are an abusive boss, normal people are going to hate you. I'm not sure which this is. I mean, one thing I will say is the letter read to me like too much. It, it, it read to me over the top. Like an exaggeration. Let's throw everything in here we can think of. Is what it read to me. Now, maybe everything in it is true. But... It read to me like, especially the profit over patient stuff and the race and gender and just like, how can anybody be this bad, really? Well, I mean, people can be. But really, it's all of this? And anytime I feel like somebody's exaggerating, I'm very skeptical about everything they're saying. So, I don't know. But that's how it read to me. And my understanding is we're in Union contract negotiation time. And anytime we're in union contract negotiation time, I always feel like, well, the folks in the union are going to say things that are maybe. Now, could it be that there are real serious problems at EMS and these are not, or these are exaggerated about it? Maybe. Could it be that there are real problems at EMS and these are, this is an honest, full, accurate accounting of all the problems? Maybe. And it's hard for me as kind of an outsider to figure this out. But I'm just reading it, trying to think through the implications. We'll come back to this in a second. Jake's got traffic on the fives. 
This traffic report is brought to you by Barberry Plumbing. We have some slow traffic getting by West Florida High School this morning on Burgess Road due to utility work that will be down to one lane today. Other than that, we are looking good so far. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. Highway 98 east and westbound through Gulf Breeze and Navarre. No accidents reported there. If you're coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90, you're looking good all the way through to Scenic and into Pensacola. And Highway 29 south through Cantonment is looking good. Chase Street, Gregory Street, Garden Street, Palafox, all checking in clear. If you do see something out there, let us know. You can call or text our traffic tip line, 437-1620. And when it's time to call a plumber, call the best of the Bay winner, Barberry Plumbing, at 477-8782. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Hey, if you're thinking about that next vehicle, trying to decide where to go, who to shop from, which one to buy, listen, I understand. I do. I mean, it's a lot of options, and sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Go to Frontier Motors. One thing that's, like, one of the big advantages of Frontier, aside from the way they treat you after and during and even before the sale and the pricing, it's just the selection. 300 different high-quality, you know, A-grade, one, two, three-year-old cars, you know, cars that are almost new, cars you can rely on, and at good prices, all right next to each other. I mean, you can literally touch the one, touch the next, touch the next, and all the kind of within the genre or the style that you want to buy, they've got a bunch of them. Now, they may not have the exact one you want. I don't know. You figure out what you want by comparing them side by side. But if they don't have it, they can go get it. And if they do have it, well, you know, you're going to find a smoking deal on a good quality car. So go there, look around at the buffet of cars they have available. Frontier Motors, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years, behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. So back to this question of the uh, the letter from the EMS union uh, against um, Chief Tarsell and Stevens. And um, again, I just want to be clear. I don't know. But I have two notes that make me cautious about believing the claims in the letter. Note number one is that we're in contract negotiations. And anytime that's true, you kind of have to, well, you know, bickering people say things they don't really mean. Okay. Okay. Um, but it could just be true. I, okay. And the other thing is um, it just read over the top to me. You know, if this is really true, I mean, and, and I've, I don't know Chief Torsell that well. I've talked to him a few times, interviewed him a few times. I don't, I don't read any of this from him. And so then I'm put in this position of trying to decide, well, is this more like, you know, Edler and the lies about her? Or is it like Deanna Oleski and the lies about her? Or are the things they're saying about him true? You know, it's like, ah, it's hard to figure out. Okay, but let me, let me read you some of the specifics here. Uh, growing, and by the way, I will say this. If if the EMS union folks are right, then I want the thing solved. And, I you know, I've long wondered whether we shouldn't just get out of this business to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't seem like we're doing a great job at it. Now, I, the particular EMTs and paramedics I just do amazing work. I, I want to support them, and I want to support reform, which I think we've been working in the direction of reform. I think things are getting better, but this seems to say like they're not. So, anyway... Um, but the people who are doing the work, saving lives, doing their best under the circumstances, working extra hours, you know, I, hey, I love you guys. I'm for you. The union isn't always the same as y- those people. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Okay. Uh, some of the specifics in the letter. Growing the frequency. We condemn the following actions carried out by Chief Torsell. Uh, growing the frequency of EMS holding calls leaving no ambulances available to respond to emergencies and creating a crisis in which the community is suffering and first responders are exhausted. Um, yeah, okay, it, you can't say no to calls. So if you have too many calls and you have too few teams, and especially if you're up against hospital capacity that's not what it should be, and that's true, 
then you're going to be stuck doing things like holding the wall for call. It, these are systemic problems. I don't know how to solve those. You can't just dump from heaven a magic wand with more personnel, trucks, and hospital capacity, and people being smarter about the calls they make. I, there's big problems. Okay, is that the fault of Torcell, or is Torcell working to reform a system that's you know got all these pressures on it? Again, I don't know. Prioritize back to the letter. Prioritizing the growth of interfacility transfer division, which grows ambulance revenue stream while creating an unmanageable volume of non-emergency transfer calls that strains our ability to provide adequate emergency coverage. I was under the impression that non-emergency transfers were an effort to solve a problem, not to increase it, and that we're coming often as a result of what the hospitals were asking for. But I'm just what I know, which is not everything for sure. Um, involuntarily holding crew hours past their scheduled time, negatively impacting the mental and physical well-being of staff. I get it. If you work a 12-hour shift and you get asked to wait an extra hour because too many people are stuck at the hospital holding the wall, you're going to be irritated. Now, if you start to work 16 hours, that's a problem. If you work an extra half hour or an hour and are paid overtime for it, I mean, you know, I work a 12-hour shift every single day. I don't get a day off, two days off after I work two, day, two 12-hour shifts. I, I mean, hard work is part of this job. That doesn't mean there's not inappropriate managing of human resources. But, you know, I used to work in restaurants for a long time, and there were always two kind of restaurant employees. They were the kind that, like, they would come, and they'd be a waiter, and they'd work there two or three hours, and then they'd be the first ones asking to go home. And then there were other people who'd like, hey, can I get the closing shift? Because that's where you make all the money. And I'm already here. I might as well make money at it. And that was always me. And I never understood the other people because I was thought, well, why'd you take the job? <laughs> you know, the job pays. The job is satisfying and rewarding and do the job. So, again, I, I don't know who's got the truth of it. I'm just telling you how I read this stuff. They could be totally right. I don't know. I'm just, I, I've got the best. And, and tomorrow we'll talk with, you know, uh, Wes Moreno about this. So, it goes on. I don't have time to go into it more. But, um I know Eric Gilmore, who's the director of public safety, and I have a hard time believing that there's such widespread incompetence and chaos going on underneath his supervision without him knowing about it. Because that's what that you've got to believe, is that he didn't know about it. The alternative is, you know, maybe somebody's in there trying to do reforms and some people are getting their feathers ruffled because they're trying to go through processes and make things better. And again, I don't know who's got the right of it. I just, if I go with what I know... I'm skeptical about this letter. But if this is the truth of it, I want to be on their side. 625 on News Radio 92.3. Let's get Jake in here with traffic before we go to commercial. Okay, we've got some slow traffic this morning on Burgess Road getting by West Florida High School. And uh, on our traffic tip line, thank you for all the tips that are coming in now. Uh, that's 437-1620. We've got a tractor-trailer tire blowout spread out over a one-mile stretch of I-10 East. That's between mile marker 24 and 25. I'll look up exactly where that is and have that on the next report. Uh, no truck on the road, just the debris field from the blown-out tire. And also, uh, uh, we are seeing reports of a disabled truck on Cervantes near the corner of Spring and Cervantes, and it's blocking a lane there so please use caution uh, i-10 and i-110 other than that we're looking uh posted speeds highway 98 through gulf breeze and navarre is looking good and highway 29 south through cantonment is accident free if you see anything out there let us know 437-1620 i'm jake walker with traffic on the fives when you were 18 you spent your spring break in cancun the party was legendary and you speak of it often even though you don't remember half of it 
the geeky kid who sat across from you in math class stayed home, practicing calculus. You made fun of her. A lot. That is, until last year, when you owed the IRS a lot of money and called the certified public accountants at Benakis & Associates. And she answered the phone. Who's laughing now? The number crunchers at Benakis & Associates live and breathe accounting and tax preparation. It's practically in their DNA. When you need to know what the heck a Form 656-PPV is, call Benakis & Associates. When you need a QuickBooks Pro Advisor, call Benakis & Associates. When you need someone who practices long division for fun, Paul Benakis & Associates, now in the historic district on 120 South Alconies and online at flacpas.com. Benakis & Associates, leave the numbers to the experts. Why is Bray Jewelers the best place to buy an engagement ring? Come in and see our selection. I promise you, we have more diamond engagement rings than you'll see anywhere in the panhandle of Florida. But it's what you do for people that they don't expect that they remember. The little things that we do, we want to deliver special experiences for you at Beret. We love doing what we do and we love making people happy. We want every person that walks into the store to feel like you're part of our family. I want everybody to have an amazing experience at Beret Jewelers. Hey there, home buyers and sellers. I'm Will. And I'm Angela. With, with Canel & Company Realty. Realty your dynamic real estate duo. We're not just realtors, we're real estate MVPs. With a game plan tailored to your needs, we'll score you the home of your dreams. Whether it's finding the perfect starter home or selling to upgrade, your goals are our goals and we'll make sure you come out on top. So when it comes to real estate, trust us at buysellcanel.com. That's buysellcanel.com. Hey everyone, it's Joe Montana. Spreading the word about pneumococcal pneumonia, a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can be life-threatening. If you're 65 or older like me, you're at increased risk. So, what's the game plan? A strong defense. Pneumococcal pneumonia can strike at any time in any season, so you shouldn't wait to help protect yourself. Talk to your doctor or pharmacist about vaccination today and learn more at knownemonia.com. That's K-N-O-W pneumonia.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Guy Benson, keeping you informed of the news every day at 2, right after Mark Van Camp and Robbins on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Excellent. Good morning, 628 here on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Steve Taylor is in this week and next week for David Wayne. Steve? Good morning. Well, GOP hopeful Nikki Haley lost the Nevada Republican presidential primary. Voters overwhelmingly chose an option to reject all of the candidates on the ballot. Former President Trump's not on that ballot, and no delegates were at stake. Tomorrow is I, the caucus. I want none of the above on all of our election ballots. Yeah, I mean, that's a good idea. <laughs> I love it, yeah. <laughs> well, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas will not be impeached, at least for now, after the GOP failed to find a House majority. Three Republicans joined Democrats in voting against the impeachment, the final tally at 215. Well, a man is in custody after apparently deciding to bear all at the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. Broward County deputies arrested Martin Evmitov uh, for allegedly walking around naked. The 36-year-olds facing charges that include exposing everything. 
uh, disorderly intoxication, resisting arrest. Judge yesterday ordered him to stay away from the airport and also stay away from alcohol and drugs. <laughs> Although, undressed like that, he probably would be easily able to get through security. There's no place on him to hide any contraband or well, any weapons. You'd, you'd like to think that. Yeah. Let me take you to the jail for a week. Right. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for the update. 629 on News Radio 92.3. Yeah, those elbows, man. Um, so. This this all of the above or none of the above option, I mean it's it's not a good look for Nikki Haley. It really is. I mean to lose you know forty one thousand to twenty thousand votes or whatever to none of the above is not a good choice. But I really wonder if you put none of the above on the ballot, how none of the above would fare <laughs> against all of the other candidates if everybody's available to vote for somebody. Which is again, and I hate to be the broken record on this, it's why I want ranked choice voting or instant runoff voting because. That way we'd find out what people really want. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Nikki Haley loses the Nevada primary with a majority of voters checking the box for none of these candidates. Former President Trump wasn't on the ballot. This contest doesn't really count because the party's delegates will be awarded based on caucus results. Haley won't be on the ballot then, but GOP frontrunner Trump is. Fox and Anita Vogel, that caucus is tomorrow. Secretary of State Antony Blinken's in Israel to discuss the Hamas response to a proposed ceasefire in Gaza. The details of the plan haven't been made public, but reports suggest a six-week truce with hostages exchanged for Palestinian prisoners. Hamas says its response was in a positive spirit, but has suggested amendments related to Gaza's rebuild. The Israeli government, though, is still demanding what it calls total victory over the militants. Fox's Jonathan Savage, the Hamas terrorist attacks in Israel starting the war were four months ago today. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning. It's 631, 47 degrees and clear right now. It looks like a nice sunrise. I'm Steve Taylor from News Radio Pensacola. The work to determine just how many burial sites are located in Miraflores Park isn't over yet. The city of Pensacola confirmed this week that a survey done in November found 45 unmarked burials. They will be returning to Pensacola sometime between today, February 6th, and February 23rd to survey the east half of the park. They will then interpret and analyze that data, add it with what they have, and then submit us their final findings. Historic preservation planner Adrian Walker says there could be additional burials confirmed once the city receives a full report. The effort to identify and preserve the burial ground started when about, uh, about three years ago when a group of Boy Scouts found some bones while in the basement of the park's community center. Tomorrow, the Pensacola City Council will vote on awarding a contract to demolish the Malcolm Young Gym. Last week, the James B. Washington Education and Sports Group submitted a last-ditch offer to purchase the property for nearly $529,000. Mayor D.C. Reeves says he wrote back to the group saying, no, thank you. And they're moving forward with pursuing affordable housing opportunities. My concern about affordable housing, we if we just go off and sell it directly, I don't know that we don't control what happens there. And to be honest, you know, the big misperception we have here is that there's a lot of conversation about, well, not losing this for the public good. We gave it away from the public good. I mean, we gave it away. It was going to be out of the public good for 20 years because of a lease that we signed. During the conversation about whether the gym could be saved, Reeves said the city would have to pay about $300,000 just to be able to get someone inside the gym to be able to make that determination. Deputies need some assistance locating three suspects who are wanted for the attempted burglary of an Escambia County business on Sunday. The Escambia County Sheriff's Office has provided photos of three suspects who allegedly attempted to burglarize a business on the 4100 block of North W Street. The Sheriff's Office says the entrance to the business 
Jimenez was shot in an attempt to break the lock. If you have any information, call Crime Stoppers or the Sheriff's Office. Let's check our forecast from Channel 3. This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. It is going to be a beautiful, nice, sunny day today. Temperatures near 62 degrees for your high. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 49. For Thursday, a few more clouds build in with a high near 65. Thursday night, temperatures dropping near 56. Clouds will move in on Friday with a 10% chance of rain, high near 68 degrees, and temperatures Friday night near 60. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thanks, Brooke. Right now. Let's check in with Jake for traffic on the fives. All right. Uh, we're not seeing any major slowdowns or accidents to report this morning, but I do have some slow traffic on Burgess Road getting by West Florida High School. We have utility work in that area this morning, so that will be down to one lane. There's also a disabled truck at the intersection of Cervantes and Spring Street that's causing uh, some slowdown from blocking a lane there. And we have a tractor-trailer tire blowout spread out over about a one-mile stretch of I-10. I'm still trying to figure out exactly where this is, but it's between mile marker 24 and 25. If anybody knows where that is, please let me know. 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker, Traffic on the Fives. Thanks, Jake. Right now, it's 49 degrees in Pensacola, 48 in Gulf Breeze, and a chilly 39 in Milton at uh, 634. Next news is about 7. Breaking news anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. Ford Motor is reassessing its electric vehicle strategies. CEO Jim Farley said the carmaker is reconsidering the industry's need for vertical integration batteries after originally delaying the $12 billion investment into all electric cars. Farley believes the EV market will grow but won't become a mass commodity until it is more affordable. Ford's electric vehicle, known as Model E, lost $4.7 billion last year. Ford says it is aiming to sell 2 million Model E vehicles annually by 2026. The National Transportation Safety Board says four bolts needed to secure the panel and door plug of a Boeing 737 MAX 9 plane were missing before the mid-flight blowout last month. The NTSB says the lack of damage indicates the bolts were absent before takeoff. The FAA is currently investigating Boeing's quality control and barred the airplane manufacturer from speeding up production of its 737 line. Futures are mixed. That's your money now. Valentine's Day is here. This year, give the ultimate gift. Name a star after your sweetheart. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For 45 years, we've named millions of stars for celebrities, dignitaries, and individuals worldwide. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can give the most memorable gift. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. Valentine's Day is here. This year, give the ultimate gift. Name a star after your sweetheart. This is Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For 45 years, we've named millions of stars for celebrities, dignitaries, and individuals worldwide. For $59 and a call to 800-282-3333 or visit StarRegistry.com, you can give the most memorable gift. The star you name will be recorded in book form in the U.S. Copyright Office. Visit StarRegistry.com or call 800-282-3333. This is Pastor Carl Gallops of the Hickory Hammock Baptist Church here in Milton. If you're looking for a church family that is truly amazing, let me invite you to come and worship with us this Sunday. Here's what you'll find. A church whose doors are open to all people wishing to worship and serve the Lord. You'll find a church where the exaltation of Jesus and the accurate preaching and teaching of the contextual Word of God is the centerpiece. 
you'll find a consistently solid, peaceful, and friendly family of multiplied hundreds of people. You'll find dynamic, spirit-filled worship services, youth ministries, children's ministries, senior adult ministries, men and women's ministries, praise teams, choirs, ensembles, and drama ministries, plenty of opportunity for Bible study and guidance for your Christian life. In other words, when you and your family get up on Sunday mornings from now on, you'll say, oh good, it's time to go to church. For directions and worship service times, look us up in the phone book or call the church office at 623-8959 or visit us on the web at www.hickoryhammockbaptist.org. And then we'll see you Sunday. Gulf Coast businesses are set to lose over $5 million this month. I'm Nathan with Data Revolution, and this is your Cybersecurity Tip of the Month. It's the beginning of tax season, and scammers know the threat of an IRS audit gets people to pay. Know that the IRS will never initiate contact through email, and any email threatening an audit is just a scam. Businesses along the Gulf Coast trust Data Revolution for their cybersecurity and communications needs. Visit datarevs.com for more information. Are you ready for a triple dose of wit, insight, and laughter? Tune in to News Radio Pensacola for the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show from 11 to 2. Your daily dose of engaging conversation and hilarious banter. Join Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins as they tackle the biggest news stories, pop culture moments, and everything in between. They'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud from start to finish. Don't miss a minute of the fun. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show, 11 till 2 on News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. And um, I don't know how closely you've been following the saga with the Pope and the question of his um, affirmation of casual, unofficial, not of the relationship, but of the people blessings of same-sex couples. And But it's it's become very interesting now. You know, we, we talked about this when it first happened, what, a month or so ago? The, the Pope basically said that, you know, the short short version of this is, if uh, you're at the grocery store and uh, one of your parishioners comes up and is a gay person and wants you to bless them, um, it's okay to, to do it. Almost like they sneeze and you say, bless you. <laughs> you know, I mean, that level. Don't bless the relationship. Don't do ceremonies. Don't give the impression the Catholic Church believes in same-sex relationships. Um, but putting the Spirit of God into somebody's life via a blessing to reform them towards better Christian living, that's fine. Well, the response to that has been, um, I wouldn't quite say nuclear within the Catholic Church, but there's been a lot of pushback. And part of the pushback is that you now have a uh, a group of Catholic figures who have signed what can only be described as a, uh, a very strongly worded letter in response. 90 Catholic clergymen published a joint letter to all cardinals and bishops of the Catholic Church urging them to oppose the Vatican document in which Pope Francis outlined that. And, um, you know, having read the text of this, you basically have, um, well, I'll read you a little bit. The authors point out that there's a very strong reaction. I thought I had the actual text of the thing here. I think that is, it's, anyway, yeah. The authors uh, point out that there has been, oh no. 
The concrete sign that is given with such a blessing in front of the whole world is that a regular couple's extramarital and homosexual alike, according to the Catholic Church, would now be acceptable to God, precisely in the type of union that specifically configures them as couples. Nor does it make sense to separate couple from union as a card. As Cardinal Fernandez has tried to do, excuse me, since a couple is a couple because of the union that gives existence to it. In light of the gravity of this new Vatican document, signatories insist that bishops definitely are not able to remain silent since the scandal that has already occurred is serious in public. And if it is not stopped, it's bound to be more and more amplified. And the signatories to this thing are, I mean, it's, it's long. It says, the blessing of a couple, whether liturgical or pastoral, is, so to speak, a natural sign. The con- I'm reading, the concrete gesture says something naturally and therefore has a natural immediate communicative effect, which cannot be artificially changed by the verbal caveats of the document. A blessing as such in the universal language of humanity always implies an approval of what is being blessed. And it goes on later. Let us remember that the traditional doctrine on the subject must be considered infallible. That's on the issue of same-sex inappropriateness. Since it is unequivocally confirmed by scripture and tradition, a universal and uninterrupted tradition, ubique et sepiter, at Semper, and it must be remembered that this is a doctrine of natural law, which does not allow for any change. In practice, the faithful will not even be aware of the subtle theoretical justifications introduced by the Declaration from the Pope, much less those that were added in the recent clarification on the Declaration. The message that is effectively launched and that the people of God and the entire world will inevitably register and are already registering is that the Catholic Church has finally evolved and now accepts homosexual unions and more generally extramarital unions. Because, you know, there's this long-standing practice of... Um, Divorce and remarriage, right, is also, the Catholic Church does not recognize divorce, right? Annulment, yes, divorce, no, and certainly not remarriage after divorce. So you've got these, um, you know, 90 leaders in the Catholic Church that have written a letter saying that the Pope is completely off his rocker on this. And then the response from the Pope is super weird because it's not just American leaders. You've got a lot of pushback in Africa. Now, in Africa, the African Catholic Church and African culture in general is really harshly anti-gay. I mean, in a in a way that most Americans kind of can't fathom. Anyway. The way America used to be, very, very harshly anti-gay and is now, of course, not that in general. Um, I mean, it's a crime in most places in Africa. Okay? So the Pope writes in response to the pushback that he's been getting on this, says that... Um, those who vehemently pro this is an English translation transla- translation of him. Um, those who vehemently protest belong to small ideological groups. Sorry, not written. This is in an interview regarding the bishops in Africa who have expressed some of the strongest criticism of such blessings. The pontiff said that they are a special case because for them homosexuality is something ugly from a cultural point of view. They do not tolerate it, and so he's giving this answer that the African churches that are opposed to this or the African leaders that are opposed to this and the people, well, that's just Africa. They have a uniquely harsh view of this stuff that is not shared by the Catholic Church. Well, I think this gives away the whole game because what he's saying is that the African churches are kind of hewing too closely to the traditional Catholic doctrine on sexuality but that's just because of some weird cultural fixation that they have. But that's been the position of the church. So if it's a weird cultural fixation and puts them outside of the faith, then they're wrong and he should criticize them for it. But if they're not, you know, holding a view that makes them wrong, 
then how can he say that they're just being weirdly cultural about this? It's it's an impossible position that he's taking here. So I think that the Pope has really gotten himself into trouble here because he's basically saying that the people who oppose this doctrine, either among the 90 signatories or the African churches, are homophobes, are, you know, they're too hostile towards homosexuality to be good Catholics. And they shouldn't care so much about it. But this marginalizing of them is very telling about his own view of homosexual relationships, um, putting aside all the protestations within his clarifying responses. So I think the Pope has really put himself in a dilemma here because his response to them is not, I hear you, there's concerns that are fair. He's saying they're kind of outside of the doctrines, but he's kind of wanting to protect them like a relativist, like, well, that's just the Africans, that's just their thing. But views on sexual morality are not just anybody's thing. They're doctrines of the faith. So this has suddenly become very interesting. Um, it's not just that he tried to remove some of the leaders in the Catholic Church, like that, like Burke, that opposed him on this. It's not just that he's got big pushback from dozens now of Catholic leaders, and it's not just that you've got the African churches pushing back either, that he's trying to dismiss as being culturally relativistic. I mean, this is really a brewing problem in the Catholic faith. And... In case you don't know how serious this can become, look at the Methodists. I mean, this has been simmering in the Methodist Church for decades, and it has recently really come to the front with, you know, I think the number is, it's not quite half of the Methodist churches have left the denomination over this issue of whether or not gay pastors, gay relationships, all of that. So this is no small issue for the for the uh, the Christian world. 647 on News Radio 92.3, Jake's got traffic on the fives. Well, this traffic report is brought to you by Fresh from Florida. We have slow traffic this morning getting by West Florida High School on Burgess Road. Due to utility work, it will be down to one lane this morning. There's also a disabled truck on Cervantes near the corner of Spring and Cervantes. Uh, it's blocking a lane there, so slow traffic getting through that intersection. Also, a tractor-trailer t- uh, tire blowout spread out over a one-mile stretch of I-10 East. That's going to be east of the Avalon Boulevard exit between Avalon and Milton. Uh, So just uh, use caution getting by that area. No truck on the scene, just a a lot of tire debris in the roadway stretched across the road. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text our traffic tip line. That's 437-1620. Meal planning is work, so let Fresh from Florida help. Learn what's in season and browse hundreds of recipes at freshfromflorida.com. Eat healthier with Fresh from Florida. There's sunshine in every bite. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. You know, if you've got a company, you've got employees, you've got to deal with benefits like health insurance, dental, vision, life, disability, managing HR, managing payroll, stuff that probably when you started your company, you didn't anticipate all the fun that that would be. <laughs> but it's not, right? It's annoying and it's difficult. And you always worry if you're doing the right thing. Well, call Torgerson and Causey. This is what they do. They manage this stuff. They've been doing it for us for about seven years, and they've been fantastic. And they will help you figure out if you've got the best things for your employees, if it's the cheapest, if you've got the best options. Just kind of handle it for you. They, they do that for a bunch of local companies for more than two decades. They've been doing it for here, uh, folks here locally. 433-9996. No obligation to have them look at what you're doing. Torgerson, Causey, or check them out online at tcbenefitsgroup.com. 
Join Great Southern Restaurant Group, the home to the Fish House, Atlas Oyster House, Jackson's, Angelina's, and Five Sisters today on the Pensacola Expert Panel at 9. They'll be talking about Valentine's Day, Pensacon, and other fun things you don't want to miss. That's all today at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel with Great Southern Restaurants. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Text or call with your questions. 850-437-1620. Hi, this is Earl Ron. At New South Window, we bring the factory to you. Our windows and doors are made with quality in mind, and your products and installation are backed by our lifetime warranty. That's because New South Window knows the importance of single-source accountability. We believe in removing the middleman so you get more for your money. This is real factory direct. One company, one call, guaranteed for life. Get New South Proud. For a limited time only, when you buy more, you can save more. Visit NewSouthWindow.com to learn more. Hi, I'm Dr. Ben McMillan, and I'm a chiropractor and the owner of Neal Clinic Comprehensive Healthcare. Are you tired of covering up your pain with medications and ready to find the source of your problem and fix it? Then tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel, live Friday mornings at 9 a.m., and I'll discuss how chiropractic care can help you. And if you miss Friday's show, you can listen to the replay Saturdays or anytime through the podcast. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Wrap up your day with all of the national, state, local sports and entertainment news with Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin on News Radio 92.3. National average for gallon of gas, 314. Florida average is 318. If you are in Navarre, it's, uh, let's see, 289 at the Sefco up 87 or at the West Walmart. The East Walmart is higher than that. Uh, 287 at the, uh, this is the Circle K and Tiger Point. It sure enough is. 305 in Gulf Breeze. 287 at the Raceway in Milton. Same at the Pea Ridge Murphy. 295 if you wait to the second uh, station in Pace. That's the Raceway. Uh, if you're coming in from the north end, it's 291 at the Shell on US 29. 285 at the Walmart on 9 Mile. Coming in from the southwest side, uh, 283 if you can wait till the Shell at Cervantes. 651 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News, and we've got Steve Taylor sitting in for David Wayne this week and next uh, with our headline. Steve? Well, good morning. An initial report on a door plug blowout on a Boeing 737 MAX 9 plane says it appeared to be missing four key bolts. The National Transportation Safety Board released a report yesterday about the January incident aboard the Alaska Airlines flight. Dolly Parton is honoring fellow country music legend Toby Keith, who died at 62 years old. After a years-long battle with stomach cancer, Parton released a statement saying that Keith was one of the greats in every way. Taylor Swift's legal team is threatening to sue a Florida college student who tracks celebrities' private jets. Jack Sweeney told CNN he received a cease and desist letter from Taylor Swift over the social media account he runs that tracks her private flights. Sweeney also ran a site which tracked Elon Musk's private Mm -hmm. jet before Musk had shut down his account. Sweeney says he wants to point out the carbon footprint that private jets create. Yeah, he's been doing it for a while, and I, I think seem to recall that he offered Elon Musk to buy him off, basically. Yeah, and then Elon Musk shut him off of X. I think is what happened. But uh, yeah, it's a weird one because it is apparently publicly available information. Yeah, but to then 
sort of put it all together in one place for the sort of crazy people. Um, it may not be the best thing either. I'm, I'm torn on it. I, I don't think he ought to be doing it, but it is publicly available information. Uh, Steve, thanks so much for the update. Six, what was your first story? Your first story I wanted to say something about, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, now. the Boeing 707. That's right. Yeah, thank you. Max plane so, with the... Yeah, Thor so this thing issue. showed up like yeah. the, it it was it had damaged rivets apparently, and then uh, yeah, they took it was out missing four key bolts that basically holds it together. Yeah, and then they took the bolts out to fix it, I guess, and they never put them back in. So, um, that's well done, guys. That's missing. that's not the way to do it. Thanks, Steve. Four three seven sixteen twenty. The um, <laughs> just they were. It's not that the bolts were bad; they were not even there. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. Hey, if you are uh, sixty four turning sixty five or retiring. Or retiring. I was talking to Ricky Stewart the other day, and she mentioned that might be a category that would apply to you. Um, you're going to transition over onto Medicare, and that might be something that creates some apprehension for you, some uncertainty. You might not really know um, what's, but it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. It's very easy. You got questions about Medicare Advantage, supplement, Medicaid. Does that apply to you? What does that even mean? All these good questions. Ask her. 341-2185. Ricky Stewart Insurance. Her whole family does insurance. She does this one part of it. And if I were uh, either retiring or turning 65, I would be calling her for this exact reason. Um, one of the other things, we've had big news items over the last day. Uh, one, obviously the failure to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas by a, six, uh, by a 216 to 214 vote. It was split 215 even with three Republican um, defections, if you want to call it that. Uh, I guess Republicans would call it that, but uh, three defections. And then one person switched so that he could call to reconsider the question. Because if nobody's willing to switch their vote, then nobody's, you don't have the power to, rec- to, to change later, basically. So they left open the possibility. One person who's actually in favor of the impeachment voted against it procedurally for that reason. And I guess Steve Scalise was out for uh, health reasons, and so if he comes back, then it would be 215, 215 plus one, so maybe they can pull the vote off. I'll say that it it seems to me historically when you look at impeachments and I, I will tell you I I haven't gotten into this issue enough to really consider myself all that educated on it except that I know a lot of people hate Alejandro Mayorkas and obviously the border is a catastrophe does that mean that he deserves to be impeached I, I'm, I'm kind of agnostic on the question but sometimes that's useful because I can come at it from a different perspective if all of one party votes one way and all of one party votes the other way and then there's just a couple who switch. Well, you can't really call it bipartisan. But the side that has at least a few who switched that way can make the claim that the other side is acting out of partisanship. Right? Because if you can't get anybody to come to your side, then you're on weaker, you're, you're standing on weaker territory. And if a few people go to the other side, and what the other side says is this is just partisan hackery, it, it kind of bolsters that claim. And that's true if we go back to the old impeachment votes against Trump. I mean, you know, if you can't pull anybody from the other side, you know, that's a problem. So I just, I, I, again, I, I have not gotten into the details and the particulars. It's a historic thing, first in 130 years or whatever. But um, if you had had... I mean, if you had four or five Democrats come over to the other side and vote to impeach him, I mean, that would have been huge. The fact that you've got three, really, Republicans came over to the Democrats, that is also huge. Because that makes it look a lot more like it's partisanship and a lot less like it's really impeachable offenses. 
656 News Radio 923. Jake's got traffic for us. Jake? And this traffic report is brought to you by Executive Landscaping. We have some slow traffic getting by West Florida High School this morning on Burgess Road due to utility work. Crews will have that down to one lane today. And near the corner of Spring Street and Cervantes, we have some lane blockage from a uh, disabled vehicle that might be cleared up by now, but uh, but I, I do not know for sure. If anybody has eyes on that, please let me know. That's the corner of Spring Street and Cervantes. And also, a tractor-trailer tire blowout has spread out over about a one-mile stretch of I-10 East. That's going to be between the Avalon Boulevard exit and the Milton exits on I-10 East, so just watch out for that area. If you see anything out there, you can always let us know on our traffic tip line, 437-1620. Executive Landscaping, call us today for all your commercial and premium landscaping needs. I'm Jake Walker with Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. There's another news story that was it's weird big news because it's not yet news. Um, there's a story about Trump being declared not immune for election interference because the Supreme Court is really going to make this decision. But, you know, the basic gist of what the uh, appellate court ruled is that the president is not above the law, especially the president who's charged with enforcing the law cannot be above the law. The president charged with, um, you know, election things particularly related to him. He could not possibly be immune from breaking the law related to his own re-election. Like, that's a crazy position to take, but it is the position the Trump team and President Trump have taken. But here's the thing. The argument that you keep hearing about this is that it's wrong to take away from the voters the right to pick the person that they want, right? Trump's repeated claim is, how dare you try to disqualify me under the 14th Amendment If people want to vote for me, you're disenfranchising them by taking away a candidate that they want to vote for. That's a terrible argument. If you're disqualified, you're disqualified. If you're 33, you can't be president, right? And here's what's interesting. President Trump historically has made a big deal about what part of the Constitution that would disqualify people from running for office. Natural-born citizenship. The Trump, birth, the Obama birth certificate stuff, Nikki Haley, like he has repeatedly made the argument that certain candidates should be ineligible for office because of the status of their birth and the Constitution, meaning he has repeatedly tried to make people ineligible, even if the majority of the electorate might want to elect them. So it is uniquely hypocritical for him to make the case that something that would disqualify him is going to disenfranchise the voters since he has made the case that other people should be disqualified because of arcane provisions in the Constitution.